And welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark. He is Matt Derrick. We're going to talk a lot, a lot about a lot of different things today. We're going to talk a little bit about the salary cap just because there's an announcement, what the Chiefs are doing this week, and we're going to talk more about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. And as I said, this is Matt Derrick. I am Chris Clark. Lots to talk about today on Locked On Chiefs. Thank you for making Locked On Chiefs your first listen. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go check out the Locked On NFL Draft Show. Ryan is doing a great job over there. He's actually in Mobile today. Uh, that is why I am here talking with Matt Derrick on Wednesday. It's normally Matt and Ryan, but uh, I am stepping in. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, then the this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On, all caps, in the game. All right, Matt, really quick, I just, and I don't want to talk that much about it because this is more about 2023 than 2022, but I do think it's something that needs to be addressed. The salary cap has been announced for 2023 at $224 million. Yeah, and and that is a very good number for the Chiefs. I mean, they needed it to go up a little bit more than maybe people initially expected and what had, had gone up the last few seasons. So going up to there, depending on which you know cap number you're looking at as far as the calculation goes, Chiefs are probably about $12 million under that cap for right now um, for the top 51 contracts, which is what they'll be counting once free agency starts and the new year starts in March. Um, and 12 million, I mean, it's an acceptable number. I mean, frankly, the Chiefs have been in a spot where they've had to make a lot of moves to get under that cap um, by that point. And, and there's still, I mean, there's a lot of room that they've got to maneuver. Now, they've got some free agents. There's no doubt about that. Um, they've got 35 players, I think, under contract right now for next season. So there is a lot of work to be done. Um, but that's a manageable number. I mean, that's a good number for the Chiefs. It gets them in a good position to start with. There will be more caponomics that they'll have to conduct after the, the beginning of the new league year in mid-March. But that's right. Like right, right now, I say that's a that's a good starting point for the Chiefs. Yeah, and there's a couple of moves that are going to happen regardless, because I think there is a boy contract that will be that's not really taken into, into account in their cap space number right now. Uh, and so they could make a move with Chris Jones. They could extend him. Uh, they could really make some money or spread some money out with Patrick Mahomes' deal. That's something we'll get into a lot later in the offseason. Obviously, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. I just wanted to mention it because I do think it's important to uh, tell everybody that that number has been announced It uh, because it is something that is going to affect the team going forward. When we start looking at preparing for the Super Bowl, Kansas City, this is, you know, we're recording this Tuesday night for Wednesday. Uh, they had Tuesday off. Sounds like from what you heard yesterday, they're going to probably have Wednesday off and maybe practice Thursday and Friday. Can you tell us a little bit about their Super Bowl schedule? Yeah, you know, Tuesday would be the normal off day. Um, with the bye week, they can just kind of stretch things out a little bit. But this will be game planning week for the Chiefs because this is all about, you know, putting in what the coaches have seen, installing everything that they want to do against the Eagles. Um, really Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday will be mostly a meeting day if and when they get together. Thursday and Friday is when they put it together on the field. Um, they might typically will do a, a walkthrough on Saturday before. Right now, the tentative plan is to travel on Sunday. 
Um, that can sometimes change. They haven't said it firmly set about which team's arriving on which day and what time, but Sundays right now is the travel day. Um, and then Monday's when the, 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 the chaos starts. Uh, we're going back to the Monday night mayhem with both teams' availabilities and um, having covered the Monday night media availability in the past, I, I'm hoping it's a little bit less of a circus in the past because that's when you get the people dressed up as aliens and in costumes and all the AM radio shock jocks come in and want to start asking people, you know, what their favorite tree is and, you know, what underwear they wear and all everything. Um, but the players, I mean, it's chaos. And that's why Andy Reid wants to spend this week working on the game plan and getting everything set because he wants the practice time that they've got in Arizona to be just reinforcing and remembering and reinstalling everything that they've set here because once you get to Arizona and his philosophy there's too much going on to learn anything new so this week is the week to install the game plan go through the plays get everything set and then next week is just rehearsing and reinforcing yeah and it's funny you know we look at this and Mahomes has started for Kansas City for now for five years this is their third Super Bowl in five years and they are now getting to a point where they actually know, you know, this is what's going to work for us. This, you know, this is what we need to do. This is kind of the way we want to plan this. And that's a great sign for this organization. And I'm really excited to see what they're able to get done in the Super Bowl. Uh, when you start looking at, at different rumors that are out there, and, and we're just going to throw this in there, it sounds like Kansas City could possibly be deciding to, to do white on white. Uh, they are the road team in this game. So uh, they have, they're going to be wearing their white jerseys. I think it's going to be interesting if they decide to go that way because it sounds like the Eagles are going green on green. Yeah, I mean, white on white would not be Andy Reid's first choice, I know. I mean, it's a classic look, but um, yeah, the the white on white is not good for the the portly gentleman on the team. Um, so it's not Andy Reid's favorite look. He knows the fans like it, but that wouldn't be his first choice. So maybe they'll get the little white on red. Um, all we know for sure is that, yeah, it's going to be the white jersey since the Eagles are, uh, get the home team. They get the home choice. Um, one, one nice fall side effect, though, for that is that, um, you know, since the Eagles are the designated home team, it's the NFC's turn, so that's why the Eagles are the home team. They get to, to choose first pick for everything. It's basically everything's a draft, so they get to pick the facility and practice times and uniform and all that. Um, but the Eagles chose the afternoon practice window, which the Chiefs prefer the, the morning one anyway. Or excuse me, the afternoon. The, the Eagles choose the morning practice window and the afternoon uh, media availabilities. Chiefs will be morning media availability, afternoon practice time, which is how Andy Reid likes it and wants it. So they actually got the, the the times that they want for when they're going to be meeting with the reporters and when they're going to be on the practice field. Yeah, and there is a lot more to talk about about the Super Bowl. We're going to have you covered. We're going to have a lot more to talk about uh, when practice starts. And then you start getting into media availability next week. So there's going to be a lot of that, of that to talk about as well. Next week, we're going to be talking, getting in depth about these two mat about these teams' matchups uh, and really excited about that. But in one more thing I want to say, when we come back, I want to just talk really quickly before we jump into Mahomes and Kelsey and all of that. I want to talk really quickly about the connections between those two, these two teams, because there is a lot of connections between the Chiefs and the Eagles and vice versa. The Eagles have some people from the Chiefs as well. So uh, a lot to, to really, you know, unwind there. But I want to tell you all about our friends over at ultimate football gm you need to check this out today's episode is brought to you by ultimate football gm you've heard me talk about this mobile gaming app and i can't tell you how much fun i had competing against my fellow locked on nfl hosts 
Chris Carter of Locked on Steelers was our locked on NFL champion. And I got third place, actually. I didn't get first place. I got third place. So a little bit of something there. Well, it's your turn to compete, but more on that later. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory, trying to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft, and all the ups and downs. One of the things I really liked about this game is it gives you full control. You do the draft picks, you sign players, you sign coaches, and you sign other staff members as well. It gives you full control. It was a lot of fun. Uh, still is a lot of fun. I'm actually still playing it. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. We've created lock, uh, Locked On League for you to compete against Locked On fans all over the world. Can you be the ultimate Locked On Football GM? Choose the Locked On League in the app to join. Can you create a football dynasty? Locked On Chiefs listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On, all caps, in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Start your fans, your dynasty today. All right. There are a lot of connections between the Chiefs and the Eagles, and we'll get to those in just a second. But something that's kind of funny to me, and I, I actually remember this from way back when, Nick Sirianni was a, was a chief coach. Indeed, he was. Yeah, under under under, uh, under Haley, right? Under Haley and, uh, and Romeo and under Cornell, and so he was on the staff and was with the Chiefs when Andy Reid arrived. And the the problem was is that Sirianni was the wide receivers coach, and David Coley was with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. He was his receivers coach and his uh, assistant associate head coach. And Coley was coming with Andy Reid from Philadelphia. So then the question was, you know, do you do you keep Nick Sirianni? Uh, do you ask him to move to a different role? Because uh, David Coley wasn't going anywhere. So uh, Andy Reid said he had a conversation with Nick and talked to him and eventually decided that, you know, this is a guy that was a, a kid that was up and coming, that he was going to land on his feet. It was probably best for him to, to take the role that he wanted and, and go somewhere. And so I think what's it to the Chargers, I think, next? Um, I think he ended up in like a, a, a special assistant role or a quality control role or something of that nature. And obviously his career took off from there. So I think it was. It ended up well and good for both. I mean, I think Andy Reid needed David Coley. He was a big part of his early staffs here and a real stabilizing force. But, yeah, Nick Sirianni, I mean, he was he was an up-and-comer here in Kansas City. And I think he started as the offensive quality control coach originally in Kansas City and then became wide receiver coach. A uh, little bit of Chiefs trivia for you, Matt. Who was the offensive coordinator on that team? <laughs> Well, let's see. It was, I'm trying to remember who uh, who took over for Charlie Weiss. I'm blanking it was, on it. It was a it was a head coach in the NFL this year that made the playoffs. My God, why am I blanking on who was the offensive coordinator for that team? It's Brian Dable. Oh, that's right. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and that was in 2009. So I I really thought it was funny to see his success, and it and it's nothing against Brian Dable. But he was not successful in Kansas City. He didn't have the weapons. Oh. 
or the players <laughs> that he had when he went elsewhere. He didn't but have a very good boss. He was the problem. <laughs> yeah. So a lot, a lot of problems there, but it was really interesting to see those two guys. Then you start looking from the chief side. Andy Reid obviously is from Philly. Brett Veach is from Philly. They have coaches all over this franchise that are coming from Philly. So this is going to mean a lot for a lot of these people. Yeah, I mean, Greg Lewis, player. I mean, you know, the running backs coach now for the Chiefs. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's it's speckled. The Chiefs are speckled with all through the organization. And it's not just the coaching staff. It's the, the front office. I mean, you mentioned Veach, but uh, Mark Donovan is the, the third leg of the Chiefs front office with them. Also another Philadelphia Philly guy. Um, the, I mean, there's a reason why sometimes you refer the Chiefs, are, especially early years of, of Andy Reid, they were the Eagles West. I mean, it was Philadelphia just kind of relocated. And, you know, and, I, and, and honestly, I mean, as many things have changed in Philadelphia, there's still a lot of continuity there because, you know, Howie Roseman's still there and he worked with Andy Reid. So there's, there's still a lot of connective tissue between these two organizations. And that's why I think there's a lot of respect between these two groups. I don't think you're going to see a lot of trash talking or anything. And, you know, and, and, and obviously the Kelsey's are a big connection to these organizations because Andy Reid drafted both of them. Yeah, he coached both of them. And I can tell you if the, if new heights comes out with a new podcast that got recorded after they played this weekend, that is going to be a lot of fun to listen to. And actually I think that comes out on Wednesdays normally. So be checking for that. Uh, probably a lot of information there. And I, I agree with you. I do think that there will not be a lot of trash talk in this game, uh, preparing for this game because these organizations respect each other. That obviously wasn't the case for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Chiefs this past <laughs> weekend, but it is something that I think you'll see going forward. Now, a lot of talk about Patrick Mahomes being, you know, maybe not the best quarterback in the, in the NFL, uh, you know, before the Bengals game and, and Joe Burrow was maybe the best QB in the NFL by a lot of different people. Uh, that seems to have changed a little bit this week after the way he played on that ankle. But there are so many different storylines you could go with and so many different things that he is doing as a QB that we've just never seen. Yeah, it, it's hard to keep track. I mean, I can't even keep track of all the things that Mahomes has done. Um, I mean, I know a handful of them. I mean, I know things like, you know, the fact that he's got, what, the fastest, the, the, the 10 playoff wins, the youngest quarterback, the 10 playoff wins. Uh, there's a lot of those things. I mean, he's going to, you know, if he wins this game, he's, you know, obviously going to have had more success through, through this point of his career than a lot of other quarterbacks have ever had. Um, it's it's remarkable. I mean, and this is why I, I said it before the AFC Championship. This is a legacy opportunity and it's not just for Patrick Mahomes it's for a lot of guys but I mean Mahomes is the biggest name I mean if he gets another championship he gets another ring right now it's suddenly going to make catching up with Tom Brady look a whole lot easier and he's going to be two-thirds of the way to Troy Aikman so you know hey that right there that'll <laughs> That'll upset Troy Aikman, uh, but there's there's a lot. I mean, it really is, and it's just amazing. Just you know how many, and we've even stopped tracking a lot of his records because this whole Patrick Mahomes has so many touchdowns through seventy eight games or whatever. I mean, I love tracking that, you know, for the the first couple of years it was, uh, but now it's just like it's a given. I mean, everything he's got, touchdowns, yardage. I mean, he's the facet to everything, and that's remarkable. But um, you're starting to see now, I mean, to the point where other than Tom Brady and, the, and those Patriots players, you're starting to get to the point where there's not a whole lot of guys that have more, a bigger, bigger, better career numbers in the postseason than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And I'm glad you say, you know, you bring up Tom Brady and I'm glad you brought up Tom Brady. 
Uh, Mahomes is second only to Brady in touchdown passes in conference championship games. And Brady has played in 14 games, in 12 games, 12, I think, AFC, or sorry, championship games, uh, NFC and AFC combined. And Patrick Mahomes has only played in five. He's seven TDs behind Tom Brady, and he's played in less than half the games. Uh, it's crazy. it's remarkable it's crazy totally crazy and and the and that that's a crazy thing i mean two more games and he might be there it's all gonna take seven yeah, two games. more conference championships <laughs> yeah and it, you know i remember when he first went to the super bowl a couple of years ago you start looking at it and you're like okay well he's going to the super bowl in his second year is he a guy that could possibly potentially catch tom brady well it, you know you get back there the next year and you lose okay but to get back there you know, yes, you missed last year, but to get back there this year, now you're three out of four years, you're going to the Super Bowl as the AFC, uh, you know, team. And that shows that he has the opportunity to possibly catch Tom Brady if he continues his career the way he's going. Yeah, it's 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 really nuts when you think about it in that perspective. And yeah, he, he and he's going to crush a lot of postseason numbers because this isn't the end. I mean, he's going to play in a lot more. And, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, that's I, I, I have it's not a huge knock, but there's a little bit of a knock to me in that, you know, for a lot of the Patriots success, Tom Brady was along for the ride. He was a game manager for the early part of the really the first, you know, kind of part wave of the Patriots dynasty. And I give him all the credit in the world for, you know, what he did later, because there was a point where he was the Patriots and he carried them a long way. But those numbers tell you, I mean, and they show, I mean, obviously a little bit about the league changing where it was when when Tom Brady first came in the league. But uh, Tom Brady wasn't doing this in the postseason at Patrick Mahomes age. I mean, Tom Brady was along for the ride at 26, 27. He, and he was just starting, you know, he was just taking over for Bledsoe at that point, And he was along for the ride with the defense. The defense uh, took him. Right. The defense he, was carrying him. Yeah. He absolutely stepped up later in his career, but for Mahomes to be at this point at 27 years old. Now there's going to be a lot to talk about because there were a lot of different moves in the AFC over the past couple of hours, actually, uh, before we recorded this, D'Amico Ryans becomes the Texans head coach. The Denver Broncos trade away a first-round pick and a second-round pick uh, for Sean Payton. So now they don't have any picks for like three years because Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, good luck with that. Uh, And they're paying Sean Payton a lot of money. Uh, There's still a lot more to talk about about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey that I want to get to after I tell you about our newest sponsor, over at FanDuel, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel right now so you can bet in the Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And if you haven't already, I don't know what you're waiting on. 
but you need to go check out Bill Bar. Bill Bar is absolutely fantastic. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to buy a Bilt Bar. What makes Bilt Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And now that you don't need to wait around to get a box, for years we've been talking about ordering Bilt Bars at Bilt.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walked through the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to the Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, Matt. When you start looking at all the different things and, and different players that are going to be playing in this game, and we start looking at all the rookies that Kansas City has playing on defense and in offense, for that matter, uh, that are going to have huge impacts on this game. Obviously, the two stars of this franchise on the offensive side are still going to be Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Uh, Mahomes is doing amazing things at 27. Kelsey now is second in the NFL in the post in postseason history in receptions, yards, and TDs, trailing only Jerry Rice. Yeah, that's... phenomenal. And 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 he's actually still done it in a pretty small fraction of the games that Jerry Rice did it. I mean, Jerry Rice, I mean, played forever, so he has like twenty seasons in the league. Um, so even though, hey, there's a little bit more playoff games for for you know Kelsey each year. I mean, really, it's not. I mean, it's mostly still about volume. Um, but I think that Kelsey's only played maybe in about two thirds of the games that Jerry Rice did. And uh, when I did the numbers last week. I think it was like five and a half games that Kelsey was off of Jerry Rice's pace. So, you know, conceivably, you know, in the next two or three seasons, if the Chiefs keep doing what they're doing and and Kelsey stays here, you know, he might be 35, 36 when he starts getting to Jerry Rice's numbers. And and Jerry Rice was, you know, played till it was 40 into his 40s to get those numbers. So once again, I mean, it's still, you know, ahead of a, a Hall of Famer pace. And it tells you a lot about Travis Kelsey. Well, and the crazy thing about Kelsey is obviously he is not slowing down. He's 33 years old. He had one of his best seasons that he's ever had. And quite frankly, I thought he was going to to possibly get to Gronk's number of TDs because he started out so quickly when it came to receiving TDs this season. And then it just kind of, uh, you know, pittered out a little bit and he wasn't able to get there. But you look at what he was able to do this season and what he's able to do on the football field and what he does for this Chiefs team. There's just so much that he brings to the team that, quite frankly, if you would have asked me when he was drafted or, you know, even a couple of years after he's drafted, I would have told you you were crazy because he is obviously one of the leaders on this team. And the way he has changed his personality, a little bit of his personality and the way he uh, talks and the way he controls himself is way different than what he was when he was younger. Yeah, I, I, I was, we were reminded on Monday, you know, after Travis on Sunday had said, what was it uh, to the, the the mayor of Cincinnati? Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. Um, this is yep. the matured Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid reminded us, you know. So, uh, yeah, Travis Travis has matured in a lot of ways, and I, I give it to him and everything for that. Um, I also, I, I, I promised him earlier this season I was going to stop asking about how old he was and how he was able to do these things at his age because, um, I mean, I'm just I'm mesmerized by it. I mean, he's doing things at age 33 that no other tight end has done. Uh, yeah, 
Tony Gonzalez played a long time. Tony Gonzalez wasn't this good at 33. Um, nobody's been this good at age 33. So, I mean, you and you look at the numbers and, hey, everything's going to be barring injury. So knock on wood that nothing happens to Travis Kelsey. And that's something that I didn't think that we would be talking about during his rookie season, you know, which he missed the entirety of because of that microfracture knee surgery. Who would have thought that, that at that point that Travis, Travis Kelsey would be the Iron Man, never miss a game? I mean, he has had virtually no significant injuries, uh, and that's been a big part of his legacy. It's what he's been able to do. But if he's able to avoid injuries, I mean, I think he's going to age a lot more gracefully than some other tight ends. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. But let's face it, we have probably reached peak Kelsey. This this year is probably, last year and this year is probably about the range of peak Kelsey. Um, his yards per gain and his snaps are going to probably start going down a little bit. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't think he's going to be an 800-yard receiver in three seasons. I think he's still going to keep this 1,000-yard pace up. But, you know, does it go from 1,400 to 1,300 and 13 to 12? I mean, I think he'll, he'll we're going to start seeing that. But I, he's got plenty left in the tank, trust me. Well, and part of that you have to wonder also is how this offense is going to change in 2023. And I know we want to focus on the Super Bowl, so but I just want to say Kansas City is going to have cap room. Kansas City has a slew of draft picks, and they don't have – they have, what, Sky Moore and uh, – Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony and MBS next year. Correct. Those, those are their wide receivers. Yeah, they have Noah Gray. Uh, I, I can't remember what Fortson's deal is, uh, if he's going to be back. Um, and I know Bell was on a one-year deal, but they have a lot of room to make additions at wide receiver. I, I think that they bring Juju back – uh, we will see what they do, and that's another topic for another time. But I wonder, is that going to affect how many yards Travis Kelsey gets? But the bigger thing with Kelsey is he helps his teammates so much because he's always drawing double teams, and he is finding the spots in zones, which makes other zones bigger because players are trying to shrink the zone around Kelsey because they know he's going to hurt them over and over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, Kelsey and Gray are the only two tight ends right now under contract for next year. Uh, doesn't mean that our guys might not be back, but um, I, the one thing I was really encouraged about this year is that there were a couple of times that Noah Gray made catches and it wasn't just me. There were other people in the press box who, who at the first thought thought that was Travis Kelsey making the catch. Uh, Travis just, Kelsey light. He's starting yeah. to pick up the, he's starting to pick up some things. He's learning some moves from the old man. Um, that's a good thing. I mean, it's too much to expect from Noah Gray that he's going to be Travis Kelsey. He's not as big as Travis. He's he's not as physical as Travis. I mean, there, there's reasons why he, you can call him that exactly, Travis Kelsey light. Um, but he can be a contributor. I mean, absolutely. Um, now, the Chiefs probably still need to invest in tight end because like I have always said, you do not want to see this offense without Travis Kelsey because he's, He's a huge, huge piece. I mean, he is a security blanket for everybody, whoever the quarterback has been. So you need to always prepare for life without Travis Kelsey. That's why I say you always have some tight ends around, always invest in it. And you're right. I mean, I think the Trace Chiefs right now have 12 draft picks for next season. And why last year I said there's not room for 10 rookies on this year's roster. They, they found a way to fit 10 rookies in. Um, they might be able to have another big rookie class and, and squeeze them in. Who knows? But you got to the, the receiver in position and the tight end position are going to have to be places where they have to continue to invest. And they're going to have to get younger and they're going to have to, you're going to have some turnover there. 
I will say this about Kelsey, and one of the things that I think is really shown how much he has evolved as a, as a player and a, as a person, uh, you go look at his deal that he has right now. He's not getting paid tight, top tight end money. He could have asked for it, and Kansas City maybe would have paid it. I don't know. But he took a pay cut to stay here. Now, I'm not going to say it was a huge pay cut, but he took a pay cut to stay here uh, and not to go get the the top tight end money that he probably deserves. Um, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be chasing the money. He wants to win rings. He wants the legacy. He wants he wants to live in Kansas City. I mean, he wants to be – this is his team. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. I'm not going to say he's going to take a huge cut, but it does matter when you have guys like that that buy in and when you have a guy like Mahomes who bought in and gave money back to the organization that he didn't have to and gave them the flexibility for, with the cap with the kind of deal he did with the 10-year deal. Yeah, and 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 the Chiefs and Travis have really worked pretty good on that because the restructures ha- that his contracts undergone have have always allowed the Chiefs to have some salary cap space, but they've also been ways to get him cash earlier. So the Chiefs have taken care of him as far as that stands point. But the big thing that stands out about Travis and his contracts is that he has never been the guy to say, "I want to reset the market." You know, I need to be making three million dollars more than any other tight end. I mean, he's been he's had contracts that have put him in that position to either have the biggest contract or the most you know average per year, but he hasn't blown the market out of way. I mean, it's been incremental increases. It hasn't been a a Devonte Adams or a Tyreek Hill kind of deal, you know, just blows all the other contracts out. He's oh, he's been happy just being paid um, happy being paid among the highest paid rather than having the market reset deal. And part of it's because you know, exactly the reasons you said he gets it. Um, he knows that his future in Kansas City goes far beyond his playing years. He knows that he is going to have a role in this community, which is what he wants to have. He knows he's always going to have Clark Hunt's support in that. So and he knows that there's a place for him in Kansas City forever. I mean, Chiefs will probably have him on the payroll until he's dead. <laughs> They'll keep him around in whatever role. So Travis knows there's more money to be made after his career being a Chief, and, and he really wants that for his legacy too. Yeah, and the bigger thing that I think we can take away from all this, you know, I know we're talking Super Bowl, and to me, this really sets them up for Super Bowls in the future. You look at what Mahomes has done with this contract. You look at what Kelsey's done. You look at how they built this team. So many rookies contributing, so many second-year players contributing. Look at all the guys that were there from 21 that are contributing, that are being playing huge roles. Nick Bolton is playing a huge role. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, the list goes on and on. Uh, it has been a fantastic draft class the past couple of seasons by Brett Veach, and he still has 12 draft picks, like you said earlier. I think that's going to be fascinating to watch what he does afterwards to continue this Chiefs dynasty that they're building right now. And the thing that I really am taking from this even more is you look at a guy that decided he wanted to come here to play for Kansas City and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes, he took a highly incentive-based deal. He's getting paid on those incentives right now. Because of what he was able to do this season, he is getting paid on those incentives. We'll see if he comes back next year on, on a contract that's uh, a little bit less than maybe, you know, a Christian Kirk got because he wants to play with Patrick Mahomes and because he wants to have a chance at going to multiple Super Bowls because this team is going to be built around that guy in Travis Kelsey and building towards the ability to continue to go back and get multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, one of the remarkable things is that, you know, if you look at the players that the Chiefs have under contract for next year, and I'm looking at it right now, um, the top eight are veterans. 
you get down to number nine of the highest paid players that are under contract for next year. Number nine is Legereus Sneed under the last year of a rookie deal. I mean, that's remarkable, Clark, you know, cap management when you have that many guys. Because you remember, you know, after the, after those top eight, you're really talking about guys who are still on their rookie contracts. And a lot of guys who are, you know, minimum salary deals. Um, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, when you're when you're able to have 20 odd players who are on their rookie contracts, you know, that's one, it's an indication of some pretty successful drafting. And you're right. I mean, you're, you're talking about 12 more players that you could potentially add. You don't have to, but I mean, you can get now upwards of 30 players under rookie deals. Um, that is how you manage to win with the Patrick Mahomes contract. And like you said, I mean, they've structured that well so they can move money around when they need to. Remember, they didn't move any of Mahomes' money around this past season. Next year, he's got, I think, is it a $45 million cap 40. hit? Forty. Yeah. So it's a $37 million roster bonus, I believe. Yeah. $34 million roster bonus. So they can move plenty of money, money around. Yeah. So, you know, his, his, there's, they, it's amazing really how much cap flexibility that Brett Veach is and Brant Tillis and Chris Shea, that all the cap guys have been able to, to build into this, uh, the cap for the future, considering how much money you're paying your quarterback. Yeah, and I love what you said about they have a tr- 12 draft picks. You could add 12 more. I almost wonder if they go a little bit of a different way this this time around. I wonder if they start trading some of those picks and trying to move up and get premium players uh, because I don't think that they're going to have 12 holes going into the going into the draft. Uh, obviously, they made it work this year. I didn't think that they would, uh, especially with all the corners they drafted, but all four of them are still on the roster, uh, and I'm counting Nazi as, as another one. Um, so a lot of, a lot of success in the draft gets you to the point where you can do what they're doing right now, going to the Super Bowl year after year, three out of four. That is fantastic. Enjoy being a Chiefs fan right now, Matt. Thank you so much for coming on. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Matt will be with back with us next week, preparing for the Super Bowl, and we will talk to you tomorrow.